Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Have you ever felt like you've been labeled and diagnosed as something, even though you don't think it's true, but maybe you have some symptoms of it? What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well. I'm very excited for today's episode with my guest, Abigail Gimpel, who is the author of Hyper Healing, The Empowered Parent's Complete Guide to Raising a Healthy Child with ADHD Symptoms. Um, I wanted to have Abigail on this podcast because growing up, so many people labeled me, and I'm sure many of you have experienced this um, with ADHD, with being hyper, with being the bad kid, with being the kid who can't pay attention. And for many of you, because I know in Broken Nation you have children, many of you have reached out to me. I've had a ton of you ask me over the years if I could have somebody on to have this conversation. And so I'm thrilled to finally be able to do it as Abigail and I talk about and dive into what ADHD really is, how to navigate it, how to combat it as a parent, how to deal with um, behavioral issues with your children, discipline, um, you know, conversation, empathy, 
the list goes on and on. This is just a really incredible conversation. And her book is phenomenal. Um, it's called Hyper Healing. It's available on Amazon. Um, you can check her out at hyperhealing.org. And we're going to go deep about ADHD, the symptoms, gut health, the whole nine. This is going to be a really informative and powerful episode if you have or are a parent trying to figure out how to navigate this. That said, before we dive in, please make sure you check out our Discord, thinkunbroken.com slash Discord for community coaching to be a part of the Unbroken Nation at a deeper level and to ultimately come together so we can start to end generational trauma. That's thinkunbroken.com slash Discord. And without further ado, my friends, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be unbroken. Our goal in company is to bring on guests and experts in the fields of mental, physical, and psychological health to help you overcome the past, to take back your power. And in this podcast, we are unedited and unfiltered, and we're going to give it to you real so that you can start to create massive change in your life. If you're curious about learning more outside the podcast, you can get a free copy of my book, Think Unbroken, at book.thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself. And that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, a man's guide to being the hero of their own story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com to pre-order, and until next time, be unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Abigail Gimpel, who is the author of Hyper Healing, The Empowered Parent's Complete Guide to Raising a Healthy Child with ADHD Symptoms. Abigail, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. I've been really looking forward to this interview. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. The honor is all mine. I've been looking forward to having this chat with you for quite a while. So for those who do not know you, tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So first, I want to start with uh, my most important role, which is that I am a mom of six amazing kids. And uh, to back up a little bit, I'm from New York and uh, living abroad right now, expat. And uh, I'll start at the beginning where actually as a little kid, 
I would definitely today be diagnosed as ADHD, but I'm decidedly not ADHD. And you have my book in front of you. So you know that a person could sit and write such a dense book of 400 pages is definitely someone who could focus for quite some time. And, but I was, uh, I didn't do my homework. I didn't, I really didn't do very much of anything actually. And, uh, when I look back at that and I wonder what was going on back then, it was really an overcrowded brain. I was not able to focus because it was a lot going on in the background. I did not have, uh, the support and security that I needed. My parents were breaking up. I have myself, you think I have a big family, but I, I have seven siblings. So there were a lot of us in a very, very noisy, uh, big household uh, with the unstable parent situation and all sorts of other uh, stuff going on. And therefore, while my teachers were expecting me to sit and study, I, there was no way. There was, it was My brain could not absorb that. And I'm grateful that I wasn't born today because uh, I would definitely have been diagnosed as ADHD and put on medication, which would have made me a lot quieter and perhaps uh, more studious, but certainly would not have addressed the the trauma I was going through as, as a young child. And so when I look back at that, and certainly when my kids were starting to be diagnosed with ADHD, I said, one second, I would have been diagnosed with ADHD, but I'm not someone with ADHD today, what's going on here? There must be, because we, we get a very kind of uh, simplistic description of what ADHD is. It's some kind of neurological uh, condition. And uh, and I started questioning it when I'm seeing my kids and I'm saying, and, and my students, I'm, I'm a special education teacher as well. And I'm looking at my students and I'm saying, really, all these kids have disordered brains or are we missing something? Are we not seeing their backstory. We're not seeing the the challenges that they're going through. And what I realized was that ADHD really is a clash between a healthy person and their environment. That doesn't mean the environment is necessarily to blame, but we certainly have to look at that. So when I realized that, I went into special education and started really developing programs for my students. Met my husband about the same time when I was teaching in my first class. And uh, he was over the top, confident and energetic. And I'm like, wow, this guy's amazing. And then I realized that he was very similar to the students that I was crazy about. Those kids that loved everything, were interested in everything, but couldn't sit for half a second. So they, he definitely passed that on to our children. And we've had definitely a very ADHD marriage. We just had this week, our 24th anniversary and uh, uh, thank God, I'm very grateful for 24 beautiful years. And so when I look back at it, we moved to a foreign country twice with our kids, you know, went all over the place. Just this week, we took a vacation with our kids and we started in southern Israel and we ended up in the sun, sunbathing and scuba diving. And we ended our week in northern Israel um, skiing. So that's just us. And, and we love it that way. And I've definitely spent the last 20 plus years really trying to advocate and help children and families that are dealing with ADHD. That's powerful. And, and I, as I read through the book, I was thinking so much to myself, you know, when I was growing up, I would have fully been classified as that, the, you know, 
violent child, ADHD child, like destructive child, like all of those things. <laughs> and so much of it yeah. does have to do with your household. And, but I think also a lot of it has to do with like, I just hated sit. Like, why am I sitting in this classroom right now? That was the thing that I always came to. And, you know, when we were doing creative things, when we were in recess, when we were doing anything but sitting and learning, like I was good, but you put me in front of a book. I did no homework in school. Obviously, many people on this show know my my story. I never graduated high school. They just gave me the diploma, like we're done with you. And and I just can't help but think, like, how many times doctors tried to put me on medication. And and this was in the late eighties, early nineties. And honestly, I would just throw it away. I used to get in so much trouble. But I was like, I'm not taking this. This is crazy to me. One of the things that that really stuck out to me about the title of your book is you you labeled it ADHD symptoms. And and I think so often people look at this as a mental disorder. So what I think would be very practical to start this conversation with is twofold. One, can you define ADHD? And two, can we look at the symptoms as opposed to this being a disorder? Excellent question. I love that because it really puts into focus for anyone who's listening that we really have to drill down and see what's going on with the kid. ADHD is a list of symptoms. Real symptoms definitely exist. The kid is struggling. The kid's having a hard time. And uh, the symptoms are caused by many different things, which is why I said before, it's extremely simplistic. So in my case, not being able to focus was coming from stress at home. And the minute I was able to work that out, my focus came back into order and I was able to to get going and really rise to the top of my class. I was actually SW valedictorian in graduate school. It took a long time to get there. But uh, what we're seeing with kids with ADHD symptoms is difficult symptoms. And what we're not doing is asking the question, why? Why is this child struggling? And there are so many different reasons why a child's struggling. And when I listen to your story, I say to myself, well, I would have said about you, that that sounds like an instant gratification personality, because that's a person who's interested in being active. Things and everything around him is, 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 draws him in. He likes to uh, build things, create things and, and all that, but they're sticking him into a box he doesn't fit in. Of course, usually ADHD comes with multiple causes. It could be trauma plus a instant gratification personality. We can throw into that screen addiction or other addictions, which are crushing to, to kids. And we have lack of nature, lack of movement and exercise, which is really bad. And another big one that I see all the time, especially with younger kids, is a gut dysbiosis. So the kids are just not physically healthy. They're not doing well physically. You see running noses and bad skin and headaches, stomach aches, asthma, allergies, autoimmune conditions. And instead of saying, well, maybe what's going on is physiological, we're saying, oh, he has asthma and a comorbid ADHD. Well, what came first and what's causing what? And that's something that we're not asking the questions of. So when we look at the DSM-5, the diagnostic manual, we just looking at a checklist and it's kind of like odd to me. And as a mom, when my kid, my oldest was diagnosed, I said, well, how did you diagnose her? Well, you see, you filled out this checklist and the teacher filled out this checklist and therefore she's got ADHD, which is a neurological condition. And where'd you get the checklist from? And, and what does that mean? What does that mean to us? It means that we're seeing external symptoms, but shall we ask why she's having these external symptoms? This is a kid who moved to three different countries. She's trilingual at the time that she was diagnosed. 
reading and writing in three different languages, maybe we want to look at her background and, and see what else might be going on along the way. So the, the symptoms are real. And what I think is hurting children the most is that we never ask the question why. And that's a real shame. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I think about quite often this idea that we kind of get pigeonholed into these boxes based on lists that really have no foundational evidence on your particular DNA. And, you know, I, I think about the idea that people, doctors particularly, and I'm not trying to like throw doctors under the bus here, I promise, but, you know, you're in this situation where maybe you're ill or you're sick or something's wrong and they go, oh, it's in your family. It's in your DNA. It's in your genes. Right. And I'm like, well, what gene is it? Can you tell me? Can you give me the exact gene that this has been traveled down through for generations that led me to this place? And they can't. They'll be stymied and dumbfounded because it's for many things. I just don't think it's true. Now, that said, like, I, I definitely think that I'm kind of you mentioned something about an instant gratification personality. That's really fascinating to me. And what I'm curious about is, are there other personalities that kind of fall within these different chasms? Well, every personality is different and, and personalities are healthy. When you look at yourself, you say, okay, who do, who I'm more similar to? My mother, my father, an aunt, uncle. You're going to find yourself in the family, not perfectly because you're, you're a different combination of, of person, but we are going to find ourselves within the family. All personality types are healthy variants of a personality. And therefore we have to look at it and say, okay, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this personality? I see mainly that instant gratification is the we're going to see more um, ADHD symptoms with that with that kind of personality? That's that type that's just wants everything here and now and fast and interesting and fun and slightly dangerous. I know my kids were always the ones that climbed to the top of the monkey monkey bars first and were just kind of dangling off of it with one leg. So there's there's that. Of course, you're going to have a the AD, the ADHD with the which is the more passive type. The kid is who's kind of unengaged, but they're not unengaged. They're in a dream world where everything is fascinating for them and they're escaping this here and now world, but they're finding something that interests them. They're always finding something else that interests them because they don't want to be where they are right now. So I think those are two are very similar, although and I always use this example that uh, let's say you have a kid who's kind of a, a shy kid. So a shy kid might do great at, at um, tasks that require real good focus and, uh, and other things like that. But th that shy kid is going to struggle when it comes to engaging their environment and making friends. So they have their strengths and then they have their challenges. ADHD, which is in, when it is caused by an instant gratification, they have their strengths in that, that they, they, they integrate with their environment very quickly. That's the kid who's going to walk over to a stranger and ask a question and learn something new very fast. And that's the kid who's going to find novelty. And I say that this would be an inventor, a scientist, someone, a, someone who's in, in high tech, an entrepreneur, uh, someone like you kind of, you know, getting out there and, and spreading your voice and your story and helping people out in, in a very unique way. So those people are the ones that are going to shine there, whereas someone who doesn't engage as quickly because they're shy is not going to do as well in that kind of environment. So we have to look at each environment and figure out what we're going to build. We love that novelty. We love that you're looking for new things all the time and seeing things other people don't see. But we're having trouble with the fact that when you do that, you don't uh, develop habits. 
you don't develop habits because you're not doing things over and over again, because you're always jumping from one novel idea to the next. Once it gets boring and you have to dot the I's and cross the T's, you don't want to do it anymore. So the two things we're learning is, okay, we've got to work on habits. And number two, we've got to pair you up with somebody who's good at that. Nobody lives in a vacuum. We're in a kind of a weird world where everybody kind of lives for themselves and expect and is expected to be this kind of perfect being. But that's not the way we're meant to live. We're meant to live within community where one person has a strength in getting out to the forest and, and finding the food. And the other person has a strength in organizing it when that person brings it home. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm going back a couple of generations here, but that's an example for what we would talk about, that we are meant to work together. So one kid's an accountant and the other kid's an entrepreneur. Let's put them together. They're going to make a great team. Yeah, 100%. And one of the most difficult things that I've had in my journey was being habitual about things and yeah. not having this like squirrel brain where it's like nah, 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 all the time. Yeah. You know? And and in that, it was incredibly difficult because I had to effectively like retrain my brain. And one of the things I often think about is like, uh, as a kid, like I wanted to be successful. And as an adult, I want to be successful as defined by me, obviously, and what that means in my life. And, and I think people look at children like me who are just not flourishing. They're not able to keep up with the other kids, especially on schoolwork. I had straight F's like fine, whatever. Why is it that we aren't seeking the why? Like how, and how do you seek the why in trying to figure this out instead of just going, Oh no, no, we're going to diagnose you. Here's some medicine. Cause I know that there are parents listening right now in the unbroken nation who are like, yeah, like my kids kind of like this psycho in school running around a hundred miles an hour. You know, the doctors want to put them on medication. I don't necessarily want to do that. You know, where's the causation and correlation here? Where's the why? Right. So we don't ask why for, I think, a very simple reason. We are a fast food, quick fix generation. And uh, a pill is much easier. And it, it's easier. It's a wonderful quick fix because you know what? It works. <laughs> the kid gets quieter. So everyone likes that. And not only that, if you if the doctor says it's a neurological condition, then the teacher doesn't have to work hard. The parent doesn't have to work hard. Nobody has to work hard because the problem lives inside the child's brain, but it doesn't. And we're not asking the question why, because it's really uncomfortable when we turn up the answer. Uh, for example, let's say I, in my work, obviously, when I meet with a client, the first thing we do is get the full story from pregnancy all the way up to date. And the parents turn up with things like, wow, the discipline is a, it really needs to be worked on. Now, everybody's discipline needs worked on. Nobody comes into parenting knowing how to discipline their child. And therefore, that should be obvious, but it feels uncomfortable. Like, oh, the discipline's off. That means I, I'm bad. I've, I've, I messed this up. No, you're not a mess up. You need to keep building your, your skills. Like, like in anything you, you, you go into, any work you do, you have to keep building your skills. Uh, or, for example, we turn up a, a gut problem. We're seeing that the kid is a constant runny nose. At, but that's a lot of work for two busy parents who are working full time. Try to get the parents to now commit to completely overhauling and changing the kid's diet. It's hard work. And something that they, no one told us as parents is that parenting is hard work. 
and we have to work hard at it and we have to constantly be changing and try to raise teenagers. It is absolutely the best way to really raise ourselves as adults is raising our kids because they put this big old mirror in front of us and they're like, here are your flaws. Take a look at them. Enjoy them because they're you're just, you know, sprinkling them all over the place. So that's why we go with the quick fixes and we don't ask the why. It's not popular. Nobody likes it. Yeah, and I think it's very unfortunate because I found in, in my own journey and many of the people I've coached, like that causation and that correlation is literally everything, right? And because if we don't have rhyme and reason, like I think to myself, like how do you make meaning of that? How do you create a structure and a foundation for understanding what the game plan is, how to implement tools, like how to, even if it is a diagnosis that does require medication, like why, you know, as opposed to just throwing it at us. And, right. and I think you're right. We do live in a very odd society. And, and I, I don't think that your message in this is to like single out parents who are busy and running multiple jobs and to tell them they're not doing a good job, but as opposed to like, this is just the culture we live in. And, and I think that so often people want the quick fix, but in that, and, and as parents that are listening right now, you know, you wrote a, 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 a chapter in the book says, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And, and I thought to myself, that's really fascinating. How important is it as parents that you're putting yourself first, especially when dealing with and, and navigating this? We have, we must take care of ourselves. Nothing's going to work well if we don't take care of ourselves. And I'm the biggest parent advocate. Listen, I do parenting. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my full-time job. Besides for my other seven jobs, that is it. And nothing's more important to me than making sure that I, mean, I just took a week off because my, my son is in the military, of course, a combat soldier, just to give his mother white hairs and, and as many wrinkles as possible. Um, because, so I just said, okay, kids, we're, we're going on vacation because it's because it, he had the week off and it's so important to me that the that the family be together and uh, really spend that quality time. If we don't get ourselves in order first, moms and dads, then everyone's going to suffer, starting with us. Our kids see us. They watch us when our when we are stressed, our kids absorb it immediately. They know what's going on with us. They read us and they feel every bit of our energy. So we start with really working out what's going on in our own emotional suitcases. That's just like the way I feel it. It's like we come into parenting with this enormous emotional suitcase of all the stuff that we've been through, all of our successes and failures and every other story that we've been through, all the voices in our heads. And then when our kids start talking back to us, instead of it being a five-year-old saying, no, it is every single person that's ever said no to me in my life and every failure I've ever had and all that stuff piled up and our response becomes incredibly aggressive and way out of line for what we had dreamed of and hoped of as parents. So in, in order to really take care of our families, we have to feel calm. We have to feel in control, which is why I begin my book, actually, with the first three chapters being about us. And uh, it's interesting. I love I love quoting Jordan Peterson on this one thing. I mean, I love Jordan Peterson's work uh, in general. But uh, this one one line that really speaks to me where he says that uh, when parents don't discipline their kids and they let their kids climb all over them and do whatever they want, we think we're being good parents, we're, we're being permissive, we're letting the kid express themselves. But what happens is it causes us so much anger and shame and, and it, it really knocks us out of kilter 
that later on we take revenge. So if we can't figure out how to discipline and how to become ourselves and how to know where our own red lines are, I cannot tolerate this kind of behavior. That doesn't work for me. If we don't do that, we're going to land up acting like really crazy parents. And we see them all the time. I used to ride the the A train in in from Farakaway to to Manhattan. I don't know if we have any New Yorkers uh, listening, but it's <laughs> yes. Are you from New York? No, I'm not, but we definitely do. Ah, okay, good. Uh, anyway, so I used to ride that that line all the time, and uh, it was pretty rough. A pretty rough line. Uh, interesting things going on all the time. But what I saw was a lot of angry parents. They had no support. There was no community. They were coming on dr- coming on the train, dragging kids that were acting wild, and they did not know how to discipline the kids because they were never taught. And when we get upset at ourselves for not knowing how to discipline, we have to stop and say, wait, did I learn this? Or I, did I expect myself to know this uh, by myself? Uh, so they weren't taught to discipline properly. And I've seen some serious violence toward children that should never, ever be accepted by any parent. And the parent that smacked their kid's head into the pole on the train feels very ashamed, but has no idea how to handle it because she hasn't worked out her own voices and her own anger and she doesn't have the skill she needs, which is why I'm the, I'm the biggest parent advocate, because I'm like, here, let's talk. Let me give you skills that I had to learn myself after making a million mistakes as well. Yeah. And I, I think the only way you figure those things out is you'd have to make a million mistakes or you yeah. come and you learn in, in aspects like this. One of the things is like I, I look at the episodes of this show where I, I have amazing people like you on and I think to myself, I don't have children, but when I foster them, which is a huge part of my life mission, I want to be prepared for that because I'm like, holy shit, when I was a kid, yeah, I get it. Right. And and like, I think a lot of that's a trickle down effect, but you know, I want to talk about two things here. One is this word discipline. And I think it's really important to talk about, especially in the guise of ADHD, because I think parents often think that perhaps violence is the solution for that behavior. But you talk about behind every challenging behavior is um, empathy and being willing to show empathy. And I think that is so incredibly important. So where are the where are the parallels and the distinctions between those two things that can be beneficial for, for parents listening right now? Okay, so first of all, raising a kid with ADHD symptoms and definitely if it's caused by an instant gratification personality is really rough because it's very, very hard to discipline these kids because they want our attention and they want it strong and they want it immediate and just like everything else. And therefore, they're they're paying attention to us. And if we can give that attention in a loving, kind way with compliments, with engagement, with playing a game, making a puzzle with them, or even sitting and watching a movie with our arm around their shoulders, they're going to glow from that. That's what they're waiting for. But most of the time, because they're so difficult, they trigger our anger and our criticism. And therefore, we land up yelling at them. And the minute we yell or we're aggressive physically, they're going to invite more of that, not because they want it. It's, It's really subconscious but they need our attention. And if we're only giving it negatively, they are gonna demand more negative attention. So that's the first thing we have to know. The second thing we have to know is we have to respect our children. And when I talk about discipline, and this is the empathy part, we, we first of all, this is an important thing I wanna add here about empathy. When we don't discipline our children, 
Uh, what we're saying to our children and to ourselves is this child is not capable of behaving better. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. And that message to our child is, this is it. This is all I expect of you. I expect of you to be tantruming uh, out in the supermarket. I expect you to not uh, to not listen to me when I talk to you and to throw your stuff all over the place and never clean your room. That's what I expect of you. And that's a terrible message because it's this terrible message of low expectation. But when we are, feel sorry for our kids, what we're, what we're doing is turning them into sorry children. And we don't want to use our sympathy or empathy in a place where our kids can do better. And the kindest thing we could do is stop them and say, that's not right. You are better than that. You've made a choice that wasn't the right choice and you can make a better choice. So our kindness comes in this case in saying, stop. And how do we say stop? We say, first of all, we don't yell. We don't raise our hands because that will make the child behave badly again. What we do is very calmly, we give them either community service, something small. Uh, and often the kid and parents are listening and saying, yeah, my kid's not doing community service. Like, like he just like spilled the, the cereal all over the floor. And now I'm gonna tell him to clean it up and then go organize a drawer. That's cute, but that's, <laughs> that's not happening. So the second choice, and, and, and they'd be right, but since we're trying to be as respectful as possible, we want to give the child a choice to do an action that what I say is brings light back to the house. You've made a mistake. It's kind of brought a little bit of darkness because the, our interaction is now much more negative. So you bring light back to the house. It's kind of like paying, uh, paying for a speeding ticket. Like there's no real connection between the ticket, the, the speeding and the ticket. But you are, you know, it's kind of like goes into the taxes and then therefore the state has more money. Okay, so it's uncomfortable. You had to pay, but you got to do something. You did something about it and now you're clear. You're in the clear. Of course, with the with the uh, speeding ticket, you get points. So it's not an exact uh, um, parallel. But in this case, we're saying that that the child has done something wrong. They can do better. We believe in them. We have faith. And how are they going to do better? By choosing to do something that will bring light to our home. Straightening something, organizing, folding some laundry, something like that. Our children are very bright. They get that, that what they're doing is making us happy and therefore giving them the opportunity to get out of the mess they put themselves in. Um, but if they're refusing to do that, and that's fine. That, they will refuse. And my, my daughter says to me, our job is to misbehave and your job is to forgive us. And I hear that. She's very cute. And uh, 
But the second step is taking away some kind of item of privilege for a short amount of time. We are always basing it on respect. We're not trying to cause our child pain and suffering. We're trying to bring him back from where he is. He made a bad choice. Now make a good choice. You didn't want to do community service. No problem. You are loved and respected. You are now going to lose the game you were playing on or your laptop or whatever it is, your iPad for half an hour, and then you're going to get it back. Now the child's going to tantrum and get very upset. And, and that's, that's also okay. That's part of childhood. He's trying to defend his right to misbehave. So then we up the punishment just a bit, another five minutes, and we walk away and the child will work it out. But we have to know the empathy part is understanding the other part of empathy is understanding that the child's misbehaving because there's some kind of emotional trigger. Something's bothering the child and therefore he's either looking for attention or can't really right now figure out how to do the right thing. So besides for punishment, we also have to have uh, a communication with the child. What's going on with you? What's bothering you? Let's talk. And that's the next step. If we keep seeing that the same behaviors repeat themselves, we don't ignore that. We don't keep resorting to punishment because it's not working. The punishment is just kind of a red line saying, I trust you, I have faith in you. And what's amazing about punishment is that when a child has been punished, first of all, we don't mention it again. He is now fully forgiven and we've moved on. And that's super important for parents. Don't keep reminding your kids, and yesterday you did this and that. That doesn't matter. He's already been forgiven for that. But we also, what we're, what we're giving them is uh, space to grow, space to make choices, space to, to tell us what's going on with them. So don't, and if, it, and if we keep on punishing, then we're missing something. So take a deep breath and say, what am I missing here? Again, we're asking the why question. Why does this behavior continuing? Not because my child's disabled and has ADHD, but rather because something is bothering this kid and we need to find out. And, and I would have to assume, and this probably, I'm going to base this off my own experience, you know, the more that there were these negative ramifications, for me, it was very violent, but a lot of the words being used, I would slowly start to adapt and they would become my identity. And I, I think that's part of what you're putting towards in regard to, you know, it's not about reminding them, letting go, because I think that just as human beings, like we hold on to shit and I'm like, you just got to let that go. Because if you don't look, you're, you're setting them up for failure. And I, I remember distinctly being like, everyone views me in this way. So that must be true about me. And, right. and you a really powerful word for that. And, and curse. And, and what I want to talk about here is like, how do you change that inner voice to, and move it from a child being and thinking like, Oh, I'm cursed. And how do you have that, that symbiosis of a relationship around that nomenclature with parents and children? So you don't end up doing what, what happened to me. And that became my identity. Yeah. Oh my God. That happens to all of us. When I talked to before about the voices, those voices in our heads are those curses. The, the way we were defined as kids. And I, I, when I, I had a nickname growing up, it was, it was beautiful. I was called Mouth. So Mouth, <laughs> which is really funny because I'm a public speaker now. But uh, as a little kid, what it really means is Big Mouth. And uh, so that starts making you feel a little bit self, self-conscious when you're speaking. Oh, I'm the Big Mouth or I'm the person who doesn't get things done on time in an orderly way. All the curses that we give our kids. First of all, as parents, we have to stop 
giving our putting our kids in boxes. When I, when we talk about compliments, we talk about complimenting not the natural gifts our kids have. You're smart, you're beautiful, you're talented, but rather what are they doing with it? How are they uh, using their 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 talent and their skills? to move forward? What step did they take today to do better than they were yesterday? The colors you chose on that painting really bring it alive. You blended it so beautifully that your singing voice really made me happy when you were singing in the shower today. I just was, I was dancing on the other side of the door. So it's not about your voice because that makes you self-conscious. Now you always have to have a good voice and now you're always performing and that's on the positive side and even on the positive side i you have no idea how many clients i have that i'm helping them work through being smart because they they had to be they always have to be smart if they were the smart kid then they could have had to stop asking questions because then someone would know that they weren't so smart that would be revealed and they had this horrible secret about wait wait one second i'm not so smart i'm not i'm just like an average person and someone's going to find out then I'm not this brilliant kid at the top of my class all the time. So that's on the positive side, how damaging that is. But think about it on the negative side. You're lazy. You're stupid. You're good for nothing. You always cause problems in this house. Mouth, all that stuff definitely, uh, definitely gets into our big giant suitcase of emotional stress that we carry on into our adulthood, like you were referring to. And there are ways to get out of that. First of all, as parents, we have to stop doing that so that we don't imprint that onto our children. Also for teachers and anyone who deals with children or even coworkers or, or spouses, we have to stop calling people names of any sort, positive and negative. But as adults, we have to redefine ourselves and we have to stop and say, really? Am I mouth? Am I stupid? Am I lazy? Is that me? And we have to redefine ourselves because that that really closes us in and makes us it puts us in this kind of fixed mentality. I must be this. And, and what happens to us is that it's, it's like a prophecy. If I'm that lazy person, then I need to be that lazy person all the time. And I need to kind of prove that I'm that lazy person. Uh, so that that's terrible. So we have to kind of redefine ourselves and then put ourselves in a process mentality where we're moving forward all the time. I don't have to be anything. I have to make choices today to be my best. And what I've found to be the most powerful way to really get ourselves out of those curses is to, to have gratitude. Gratitude for now and here and what's happening in my life this second. What are my gifts? What are What is God bestowing on me today that is so wonderful? What did I do today? that made myself stronger, that made my home better. What choices? So it's, it's about moving forward, choices, and the blessings that we have. And if we start our day with a blessing and we end our day with what did I do well, then slowly we, cut, we, we start to shrink those horrible curses and move into our better selves. And so much of that feels like ending generational trauma, because I, I think that unfortunately, so much of that is the continuation of the experiences that we had, because we live entirely based off of learned experiences, which help identify and create who we are. And it's not until you bring attention to it that you can shift that. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. You know, I, I recall all of these terrible things my stepfather used to call me and in some weird way they actually came to fruition and so i'm right here with you i mean we've got to be positive we have to be encouraging we have to be 
able to give kids the right tools and the right nomenclatures about who they are to give them the ability to be successful so that, you know, years down the road, we're breaking this generational trauma. And and one of the things I want to kind of go back to where we started this conversation, you had mentioned gut health in this process. And I recall as a child, I had the most terrible gut health. Part of it I know was from the food. Part of it was from stress. I mean, the list goes on and on. But what is the ideal way to to help parents be able to help their children, especially if they have sick kids who are also dealing with ADHD symptoms right now? Right. Well, let's start with the most basic. No more elective C-sections. Because natural birth is where we actually seed the gut. It's the mom's first gift to her child is a natural birth where the child absorbs the, the gut microbes from mom. So we have to just I understand that C-sections save lives, but if we're choosing it, then let's choose health for our children and, uh, and less about the convenience of setting a date for, for birth. The second thing is the, the best way to really get a healthy gut is by eating tons of different colored fruits and vegetables and um, trying to avoid antibiotics as much as possible. Of course, if a child needs antibiotics, again, life-saving. But in many cases, as as a matter of fact, there was a study in England that said that 50% of the times that kids took uh, antibiotics, they didn't need it, but the doctor was just trying to give the mother something to do. So we have to kind of back off a little bit and and wait and see if the child really needs antibiotics because that's a real gut killer while it is very powerful and helpful to us. So uh, I, I had my my first pediatrician when my oldest, who's 23, was, was a baby. He said, listen, this is the rule. Don't come to the doctor until your child's been sick for at least two days because in most cases, children have very resilient bodies and they could bounce back. And the, and the body will resolve whatever it is that's going on. After two days, go and do what you got to do. Uh, food coloring is awful for the gut and because it's a very, it does the same damage as uh, antibiotics, but what it doesn't do is save your life and make you well. Uh, so those are things that we want to really stay away from, food coloring, preservatives, and uh, we want to move toward healthy and natural. Basically, the rule is the food has to look as close as possible to the way it looked in nature. So cook and bake, that's fine, but you want the food to not look so completely far away from what it originally grew as that you can't identify it as food anymore. That's that's, that's the basic thing. But let's say the kid now already has an injured gut. I have two children with celiacs, so they already had injured gut. And what we're doing there is we're clearing the gut, we're, we're bringing it back to health, And this I've done with many, many clients over the years, and the results are unbelievable. Again, hard work for the parents, like I mentioned before, but this is something that has to be done if we, if we want to get our kids back focused. So I take out gluten, dairy, and try to reduce sugar as much as possible. I add omega-3 as well as probiotics, and I, I try to stay as close to vegan as possible at the beginning. Uh, my kids with celiac, what I did last summer is we put actually the whole family onto a raw vegan diet for two months and amazing things happened. First of all, they got their number, their celiac number down to zero, uh, meaning they had completely healed their gut, which there's no feeling. There's no feeling better for a mom than knowing that finally their kid really is healthy. Um, but then my oldest daughter who had terrible period cramps, the cramps went away and everyone's faces cleared up. And good things happened all around. And what was really nice is that then the kids had a much, much better school year. 
uh, because they were way more focused, even with the Zoom school and all the craziness that's been going on the last two years, they were able to focus much better because our gut is our second brain. And all of the neurotransmitters that doctors talk about uh, connected with ADHD, like uh, dopamine, uh, those are actually formed in our gut. So if our gut is in good, is in good shape, then our brain's going to be working really, really nicely. Uh, I, I also had a pretty messed up gut as, as a little kid. I was not, oh, nursing, nursing moms, please do that. That's really, really helpful. Uh, a kid who's not nursed also is going to have a harder time having a healthy gut. Um, I had strep all the time, every winter, four or five times. And it led to all sorts of, you know, dry skin and, and, and headaches and, and things like that. So that's really difficult. Another thing I like to add is hang out with animals and go on hikes because we are, we need to have a diverse gut. We need to breathe in everything, have your dog lick your face and have all sorts of pets and not my face, my kids' faces, obviously, and uh, and go out into nature as much as you can because the microbes that are floating around in nature, they go right into you, you absorb them, and you're much healthier from that. Yeah, and I, I as you're going through this, I'm like checking off all the things that you said not to do that were <laughs> a part of my childhood. And as an adult, like those are behavioral patterns even I've had to break. The the Unbroken Nation knows my affinity for gummy bears and like finding like how toxic they really are between the sugars and the dyes and and all the other things and like having to go through this gut healing process and learning how to take care of myself, how to eat well and 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 so on and so forth. And I think one of the greatest things now is we have access to more information like this than ever before. And it's really about the execution at this point, right? How do you take these ideas, these concepts, these things that you learn, bring them into play so that they make your life better. And look, it's not easy. Like I, there's no. nothing I'd rather do than like eat a bag of gummy bears, eat chocolate cake and watch cartoons all day. But you know, that, <laughs> that it's not conducive to the life that I want to have. Hey. Um, Abigail, this conversation has been absolutely incredible. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Sure, absolutely. But I want to add one more sentence. Please. Anything that you do, do with a friend. Do it in the community. You want to change your diet? Do it with a friend. You need support. Get to the gym. Have a gym buddy. That's the way we get things done best. Now, with that said, on Instagram, you can find me at hyperhealing.adhd. And on my website, hyperhealing.org, you're always welcome to send me notes directly on hyperhealing, and I will always respond. I love having conversations with the people that are interested in this topic, and you can get my book, Hyperhealing, on Amazon. Amazing. And of course, we'll put all the links in the show notes. Abigail, my friend, my last question for you, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Well, we did talk about the curses, and I think that being unbroken is getting rid of all of those curses and those preconceived notions of you that were really attached to you by other people that are not your tr your own personal truth. And looking at yourself again and saying, I am a powerful person who can make choices, who can make changes, and today is a new day, and today I'm going to do great. And what's going to be my step today in the right direction? Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. 
Unbroken Nation. Hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that on Broken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.